2: personal responsibility political accountability and corporate culpability get up get up get up get up get up we must eliminate poverty i don't care what color the person a child
0: pessimists see a glass
3: half empty, but are optimists see a glass half full? Are we lost into regressive mentality by change unseen? If you try to fail and then succeed, which have you done? Do you ask enough questions or do you settle for what you know? The only questions that really matter are the ones you ask yourself. Welcome to Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. think, think.
1: I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. This is our last show for the year, and we are touching a subject we rarely touch on, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Politics, If you will This morning's discussion question I'm going to let the cat out the bag Before I introduce our esteemed guests, A couple of returning guests And one first time guest This morning's discussion question Trump's impeachment Can we have a reasonable conversation Trump's impeachment <laughs> Can we have a reasonable conversation. Pretty simple topic to a certain extent, the way we've worded our question this morning, if you will. Uh, But as we always say, I always say I claim the fame here at the Mental Dialogue Talk Show is we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, and gender. This morning we're going to try this with politics. And part of the reason we avoid this subject is because usually people cannot have Reasonable Conversations. Let me go ahead and get my guest introduced uh, to all the truth seekers and see if we can pull this off. Uh, as, as I said for the promotion this week, we're trying to pull off the impossible. I'm going to start with you, uh, Shelley Winters, if you will, long-time returning guest. Uh, thank you for being with us this morning. So I'm challenging you, brother, if you will, to take part in this reasonable conversation, if you will, King. But thanks for being with us again on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, if you will. Say hello to the truth seekers and give a little bit of your background before we get to our other guests. All
4: right, thank you. Thank you for having me, um, uh, Montoya. Uh, my name is Shelly Winter. I'm a talk radio host. Um, I can be heard right now, filling in occasionally um, or semi-regularly on uh, WSB Radio here in Atlanta on 95.5. Um, also got a YouTube channel. Feel free, if you're listening right now, to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, name is Shelly Winter, Uh, Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, and I'll be on WSB tomorrow from
1: 4 to 6.30. And New Year's Day from 1 to 4.30 p.m. Now, absolutely. I highly recommend you check out this brother. He does his thing on talk radio. There's actually someone... I admire in this arena and, and, and in a to a certain extent hope to be as good as him one day or whatever. And so again, uh thank you for being with us this morning. Um I'll go to another returning guest, if you will, William Agnew. Thank you, King, for being with us. You are a regular listener, regular call in and you pretty much kinda earned your slot. As a regular guest to the show, just due to you calling in with these excellent opinions and excellent point, I consider I consider you a voice of reason, so I stand and ask and request that you be a voice of reason mm-hmm. for this morning's discussion as we Absolutely. get into the Trump impeachment. Go ahead, King, if you will, say hello and give a little of your background, if you will, as I promoted you as a concerned citizen, so I don't know how much <laughs> applies to this morning's discussion, but anything that you think applies, please give your background as well, King. Absolutely, King. I, first of all, I want to – can you hear me? First of all, I want to say yes, sir. Uh, I, pr- I appreciate uh, you having me on the last show of the decade uh, here at MD, so I appreciate that. Um, and uh, my history is just people development. I'm very into uh, people development. Um, and uh, my background is education, electronics engineering, Um Uh, I've done the corporate thing for a few years Realized I didn't really like the corporate thing And I kind of got into my own entrepreneurial thing So, you know, I do the business thing And, um, you know, I just like to stay in in, in touch With what's going on with the people So I'm here today to discuss that To be civil, uh, of course And, uh, again, I just want to say Thanks for having me, so Absolutely, and last but not least uh, Brother Osvaldo Gayton. I hope I'm saying that correctly If you will, brothers, but thanks for Being with us this morning, and I will let the cat out the bag in this sense, you are part of the reason that I'm actually doing this discussion. Again, we do not touch politics too often, but you wrote an amazing piece on Facebook. We're going to share some of that to get this morning's discussion kicked off, if you will. But thank you, um, Oz, as you prefer to be called Oz. Thank you for being with us. And if you will, give a little bit of your background and how it may, in a sense, apply to this morning's discussion, if you will. Go ahead. Thanks for being with us.
5: Sure. Uh, I'm Osvaldo Gaetan. I was born in El Paso, Texas. I'm a first generation American. My parents were born in Mexico. My father in Juarez, my mother more interior, Mexico. I received my MD-PhD. I'm one of those idiots that talked into staying school forever. (coughs) I got my MD-PhD. My PhD is in neuropharmacology. Uh, My MD, I finished training at Emory, in your neck of the woods. Um, And I got my training in child and adolescent psychiatry. So I'm just, a, you know, like you said, a concerned citizen who every once in a while takes a stab at writing something political about politics. But I try to stay as apolitical as possible, just make observations, as you can tell, hopefully from reading my post. But I'd like to thank you, Montoya, for the chance to come on your show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate having each of you. So for all of y'all out there listening, we're going to go ahead again. They're going to go commercial-free for the first hour. We will definitely take care of our sponsors in the second hour and so that we can, again, think this is going to be a, a full conversation, if you will. And so I wanted to just kind of make sure that everybody had, in a sense, their, their time to get out what they need. And, again, I don't know, and, and, and also to go ahead and put this out there, uh, each of you, if you if you can stay on the second hour, just putting it out there so that everybody knows. Hey, all of our guests may or may not stay with us in the second hour, so just kind of putting it out there. So another part of the reason for kind of in a sense going commercial free. So to go ahead and jump this thing off again, is our goal is to have a reasonable conversation in reference to the Trump impeachment. And if and I'll say this to a certain extent. Let me even put this out there. Um, as far as I'm concerned. I haven't probably followed it as close as each of you have, and in a sense, I want to kind of set up the role that I have, because we have various opinions, various perspectives that we're going to obviously apply to this discussion, and for me, it's me wanting to listen to people who, in a sense, have paid more attention, and in a sense, see what I gather from y'all. I'm kind of in that position, if you will, uh, where some people, in a sense... And I'm not saying I don't have time to pay attention, but if you think of Americans who are, in a sense, caught up in their daily lives, and sometimes they're only getting sound bites from the mainstream media, and so quite often our opinions can be formed quickly without, a, with just a little bit of information. And so um, I will say our goal is not to necessarily do every tit-for-tat, bring all the information to the table, but it's to allow all of you who have various perspectives, various degrees of information on the impeachment to bring it forward. I will point out somebody is doing something in the background that is being heard on the air, so if you will consider muting yourself and unmuting when you call to speak. So I'm just kinda throw that out there. Somebody's moving in the background. Um, um, between each of you. All right. with that said, I'm gonna start with something you actually put on Facebook before we get to Oz's piece. Again, he has a, a piece that we're gonna share a lot from. But I'm gonna start with your piece. Well not something your piece, William, but something you wrote on Facebook that I think is a good starting point, if you will, William. And it's basically a post okay. where you just kind of say, hey, here's a perspective at this point. Again, this is going to be an ongoing situation. Obviously, the president, in a sense, has been impeached by the House. Now it's going forward to the Senate. So we're in the middle of this process, if you will. But this is something that you share and I thought would be a good backdrop in comparison to what Oz and our brother, uh, Shelley Winters might say. So you just kind of pointed out this. Okay. I said professional lobbyists are people whose business is trying to influence legislation, regulation, or other government decisions, actions, or policy on behalf of a group or individual who hires them. Individuals and nonprofit organizations can also lobby as an act of volunteering or as a small part of their normal job. And you related that example to the president by saying, "This isn't this by definition." what Trump was doing with the Ukraine. The U.S. buys leverage all the time. What, what makes this different? Why do you think we would be spending that amount of aid in the first place? Because we care, not hardly. It's for leverage to begin with, buying relationships, strategic positioning, the art of war. So what did Trump do different but make it about himself like lobbyists always do? And you said hypocrisy never makes sense. One piece of information to add for anybody listening out there, I, I as again, I bring this brother on as a voice of reason, but I do know this, just to kind of add this context to this morning's discussion, I do know that personally you don't care for the man. So some people hearing you point out right. your perspective on looking at this, they might assume that you are for him. I want to point that out just in a sense, again, to show you how this brother has a voice of reason, and that was your perspective. You say, "Hey, what we're looking at going into this impeachment seems similar to what we allow in our own legislative system, if you will." That's what it seems like to you. Is that did I fairly assess what I heard? And I want to go to Oz next, and then Brother Shelley, Shelley, if you will. But I just want to make sure that that's what I think I saw in that writing. I think it's pretty clear when I read it, but I'll, I'll let you give us, give us your three cents before I ask uh to give his assessment of what you just said, and we'll get into his piece as well. Go ahead, um, William, if you will. Absolutely. I, what you read is absolutely what I meant, and um, you're, you're right. I am not a fan of uh, moral and ethically, which is where the hypocrisy comes from. And what I understand, and I think what you really got to take in consideration is the ending of that, right? Uh, it's the hypocrisy of what we're asked to participate in, but we see a different behavior, and that's what often confuses me because what I know, and in, in generally speaking with people, is a confused mind takes no action, and we know that. And so when you're asking people to participate in something that has a hypocritical or, or a hypocrisy base to it, but yet trying to make a decision on a specific behavior, then it's hard to understand exactly what you're asking me to do or how, how you're asking me to feel or even make the decision on how I want to feel about it. And so you're right Montoya, I am not a fan ethically and morally of this man, right? But what I do also understand is that this is the game and how the game is played, and to call him to task on something uh like this where we demonstrate this behavior as a system that we utilize each and every day, it just it, what it causes is again that parrot that paralysis of the mind where you go you know it's so it's so hypocritical and this is the problem and i can only speak from a black man's perspective in america because that's who i am and that's what i represent which is how we vote right we vote based on who we are and what people are proposing to us um based on how it benefits us and so with that being said when i look at this i know that from a for from a black man's perspective we go uh, generally speaking, we go well what's changed what's different well why is this any different than what the system already is and what it shows me it is each and every day? like why are you calling a man a task when this is the life that I live in a systematic system each and every day? so that's kind of where the statement is coming from It's coming mm-hmm. from a place of 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 what's so different, right. You, right. you have fair enough no, That's a good yes. question yes. I want to let Oz so, let, so, let so, yeah, yeah, jump yeah, in yeah. right there Because again I just wanted you to kind of speak to what I what right, I yeah, read yeah. Yourself and I think you laid yeah. out And again seems fair to me Oz when you hear William kind of point out his perspective On it and again we'll get into your piece Right after this but I just wanted to hear Your mm-hmm. thoughts on how he sees it I'm going to go to Shelly and then we'll go to your piece But any thoughts on what you just heard
5: William say from your perspective Oz Okay I think the most important thing I heard, and, of course, you can correct me if I'm wrong, William, is that you're saying that when you take a look at the information of whether or not we should call President Trump to task on what he did with Ukraine, you point out that it is hypocritical for us to accept a political system in which political activism and lobbying is the way we get things done, and then call him to tax for trying to do the same thing. Um, is that what I heard you say? Pretty much. I'm just trying to boil it down to one question: is the hypocrisy yeah, yeah. of trying to get on his case?
1: Yes, for the most for, part, it's, it's leverage. Okay. It's, it's using money <clears throat> and you know power to leverage
5: you know decisions that are made political decisions. Yes. Well, I think, and it, it'll come out of my piece. Uh, I agree with you. You shouldn't get on this case for trying to use leverage, for the most part. Because I call it an issue of timing I, I say Trump finally made a mistake That is impeachable Well, you no, know, it's the second time he made a mistake That is impeachable um, As At least compared to what Other presidents have been impeached for And so you, you do have to give the man credit That he didn't do anything that was out of the ordinary So let's say he would have done it in 2016 Or 2017 Then I would have had less problems With what he was doing I wouldn't have liked it ethically or morally, but I would have had less problems with it. The problem was is that he asked the investigation to be done on somebody who was in the process of our electoral system. So therefore the highest person in our country that is tasked to protect the sanctity of our democracy invited a foreign power through that question of saying, "Hey, why don't you start this investigation on corruption and invited them to influence our election and if he didn't think about it while it was going on he should have thought about it afterwards apologize and then take him back what occurred then it would have just been written off as a mistake so that's one of the things that's different is it was a our political process for election had already started and that's one of the places where it does create a difference the other one is the fact that he actually abused his power and this is what's different he did not really have the power to be doing this because Congress had already allotted this money. And so the president really is when he – that's one of the questions on the table that some people may agree or disagree with, is that the president, the things that's different here is he was holding up the process that was already started by Congress, which is part of the abuse of power that he's being called to task on.
1: All right, let me have Shelley jump in at this point, because I mean, let me just th- just kind of think of understand what I'm hearing. So Billy pretty much uh, Williams, I'm sorry, says what's really different here seems hypocritical. Uh, I think I hear Oz saying for the most part he agrees. The timing of it makes it different. Uh, Shelley, if you will, what say you at this point before we get directly into Oz's piece? Uh, go ahead, Kim. go ahead, brother.
4: Uh, uh, the um, well, there's several issues here. One, one, you you have a, a – impeachment is a purely political process. It, it wasn't it, – it, the founders knew it was going to be a political process, which is why they set it up the way they did. But it's, it's purely a political process. Um, in, in, in Andrew Johnson's um, impeachment, they had changed the law the year before, set him up, and then they got him – for doing something that they had just changed the law in, On purpose to impeach him In Clinton's case They set up the special counsel Which had Wide-ranging power to do and ask and talk to whoever he wanted to And ended up getting the man on perjury uh, for impeachment um, And now we're here to Trump So this process is purely political um, and, and the Democrats showed their hands early on Because when he won hey, Let me they let talk tell you to- real quick
1: I want you to finish that I just want to ask just a quick reference to um Williams' perspective, just your thought on that perspective, and then do what you're doing. I just want to hear that thought too. I was asking. Okay, I'm sorry. Getting, my
4: bad. My fault. My fault. Go ahead. I'm sorry. My fault. Okay.
1: Go ahead. Then. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
4: So, so the point is, the point is, as it is a political, um, a, a political process to begin with. In other words, if you you have a political enemy or or someone you don't like, um, in the case of Trump with the Democrats, they were talking about impeaching the man the day he got elected, even before he was sworn in. So this was their Political game from the very beginning So to William's point He's absolutely right um, how do you ask people To participate in this game That we all know to be a game Which we're all supposed to be Either outraged or in my case Defending something that we all know To be a, a, a game A game that's being played for political Purposes only no one really Cares on a democratic side about the election And the integrity of an election and Getting a foreign power uh, Involved in it. and that that's of all of that Is red herring uh, you know Double speak um, and 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 so to William's point, every single day, whether you're black, white, one thing I do kind of disagree with is when he says as a black man, this is what we do every day, every human being lives a quid pro quo life. When you ask me to come on today… I love you to death, you are my brother, I'll do anything for you. But there was a quid pro quo slightly in my mind to say, Okay, let me talk to Montoya's audience so I can tell him I'm on the radio on Monday. You know what I mean? So we all yeah, every single day yeah, every single day, every step we take, every conversation we have, every any interpersonal conversations we have always involves a quid pro quo. What am I getting out of this particular instance? What am I getting out of this particular um, back and forth? Now, I'm not saying that that's selfish. I'm not, I'm not judging that behavior. I'm just saying as human beings, it's right. kind of a natural inclination. So to William's point, I agree wholeheartedly with him that I think it's an excellent point. Um, and I think it's one that should be explored further because that is exactly what's going on. We're holding someone accountable to something that's done every day, particularly uh, within the political realm. And, and I would push back a little as to the abuse of power statement because the president does have full power to withhold money. Congress allocates allocates the money, and the, con- and the president can let it release it um, whenever he wants to. And it's been done before by other presidents. It's been done with other con- countries. It's taxpayer dollars, and one of the things that President Trump – ran on and was tasked with doing was fighting corruption, particularly corruption that involved our electoral politics. So if the question becomes why he's wrong for um, bringing in Joe Biden because he's a political opponent, then you're saying that you're not really interested in fighting corruption and defending and protecting our electoral system because you're saying that if it involves a presidential candidate or any candidate, then we should stand back and, and not do anything about it which flies in the face of what happened with the Mueller report, which where Trump was a political candidate and the FBI went after him while he was a candidate.
1: Hey, strong points from all three of you. We're going to go ahead and jump into Oz's piece because it's going to definitely kick off a lot of conversation. After we jump into Oz's piece, we will open up the phone lines. There's a lot of callers out there as well. But again, I wanted to let each of y'all hear their perspectives. Um, there's obviously differing perspectives here. Uh, one question that, uh, when just even throwing out the abuse of power, that I always had in my mind, again, as someone who to a certain extent hasn't followed as closely as these three gentlemen have, was the idea of just simply that question of can we even impeach a president for abuse of power? Like, I don't even know that that's really an impeachable offense. That's just a question that I had, and that's not being on one side or the other. It's just a question that I had that probably will get answered um, as we do this show. But let's go ahead and jump into Oz's piece again, which is the backdrop for this morning's discussion. Um, and I'm going to read the entire piece. It was pretty long, but I'm going to read a, a pretty big portion of it. Just to give context for this morning's discussion, and again, for me, I thought it was worthy of our audience because I said, hey, here, as Oz has already broke down to you, he's an apolitical person for the most part uh, in in his background, and I just thought there was some some good reason within what you laid out on Facebook, and again, I wanted to just have Shelly as well as William break down what they hear. And so, uh, just to share a big portion of your piece, again, not all of the piece, I'll just kind of, if everybody will bear with me, I'll read through this piece. He said, it is not. this is what Oz had to say in, in, from his personal standpoint. He said, it is not all his fault, but he makes things much worse, and his lack of respect or even knowledge at times, speaking of the president, of constitutional limits of presidential powers is something that should concern everyone. Therefore, I am glad he has been impeached. Most detractors of the impeachment will point to lack of proof, actual crimes committed, and the lack of due process because the burden of proof should be high for the president, just like in a court of law and beyond reasonable doubt. I disagree. I personally believe the president should be held to a higher standard of conduct than the general populace, so I am okay with a lower burden of proof. Let's face it, even Clinton would have not been convicted of perjury for his statement, I did not have sexual relations. If the burden of proof was beyond reasonable doubt, I know exactly what he meant when he said it. He meant intercourse. The wordplay is enough to bring in reasonable doubt, but by the spirit of the law, he lied to Congress and should have been convicted by the Senate because presidents should be held to a higher standard. Same issue here. If beyond reasonable doubt is the standard for the Ukraine issue, when you are trying to claim quid pro quo, not a chance in hell he would have been he would be convicted. If you utilize the preponderance of the evidence, it is more likely that he did do it and should be convicted by the Senate, regardless of political affiliation. I don't really care about the quid pro issue myself. My issue with Trump on this is timing, as we've already mentioned. Us um, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'll kind of yeah you know, we'll kind of just jump it off right there because you've already broke down that from your perspective, it was the timing. It's a political candidate. I think Shelly, and I'll let you, I want you to kind of respond to this part. I think Shelly kind of said at the end of the day, even though it is a, uh, a, someone who's in the actual political process of running for office, I think I heard Shelly say this to a certain extent. If if there is corruption involved, do we back down based on timing or do we actually go after it? That's what I think I heard Shelly say. So in a sense, Hearing what you you know, just kind of sharing with the audience what you've written and jumping off at that point, what is your perspective about? Hey, if there is possible corruption, does the president have an obligation to go after it almost regardless, even though it in a sense seems to be a conflict of interest? What are your what What would be your response to that? Ah, uh, then you can go a little further into your piece if you will. Go ahead,
5: King. Go ahead, Buck. Sure. Um, to me, it's a again. This could be a red herring, as uh, as Shelley pointed out, for other people. For me, it's not. The whole issue that was brought up about Trump's involvement in Russian collusion or so forth was set up around the fact that it appears through the preponderance of the evidence that Russia was involved in trying to hack our election. Therefore, trying to figure out where that came from is a reasonable thing to do. The corruption charges should have a similar investigation process because people call me to task on my Facebook post about that and what I turned around I said look I'm not a president I've tried to stay political as possible I you know had some good political science professors so I think I have a fair grasp of the political process and what the articles of impeachment have to say and you know federalist papers all that background and to me impeachment was set up To limit the president because where he was set up for power, it was really set up where government makes laws and the president enforces laws. He's not supposed to be this figure that's become more powerful over the last 50 years. It's not Trump's fault. It's almost like we've allowed the president to grow more and more power. And that's what scares me is that since Trump got into office, he's tried to run everything like a CEO would which is fine because he feels like that's what he was charged to do. But the United States is not a CEO. The president is not supposed to be a CEO. He is supposed to have some checks and balances. And he's been running around doing things that that are going to allow future presidents to just garner more power. And that's where I think the abuse of power comes in. So when he comes in, somebody, just as a regular person, somebody should have been in my ear saying, uh, president, right now, this guy is running for, for uh, presidency and is one of your political rivals. Yes, it's your charge to go ahead and look at corruption anywhere. You are charged to do this. However, there is a conflict of interest here because of what you're doing. So if there's a conflict of interest, gather the evidence that you have, present it to Congress, and let, the, let people who are not involved in the election process in an ethical manner start the investigation if there isn't enough evidence there. And that would have been the political process he could have gone through, I think, just off the top of my head, and the other guys can correct Mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, that would have been a political process that would have divorced him from the obvious conflict of interest that he has there, because he clearly has a lot of political gain there. And that's what I meant by the preponderance of the evidence,
6: Mm -hmm. that there's enough
5: evidence there of timing, of phone calls, the latest emails that just came out that said 45 minutes after the conversation with Zelensky that he automatically puts it out there to withhold everything. It just looks extremely bad, bad enough to the point where over a preponderance of evidence, not beyond a reasonable doubt that, you know, there seems to be something fishy going on here.
1: But it seems fair. Shelly, I'll let you respond to that. Um, Again, I will just say for um, me, it seems fair, but I definitely want to hear your thoughts on it. Go ahead, Shelly.
4: Yeah. The the thing is, is um, to your point, He did do exactly what you said, but Congress wasn't the one, the FBI wasn't the one, none of the the United States could not investigate the corruption in the Ukraine. Only the Ukrainian president, who by the way ran on an entirely anti-corruption platform. When Zelensky ran for president, remember he was a comedian before he, you know, he was an actor and a comedian. He ran for president purely on one issue, and that was stopping corruption in Ukraine. And so the president's conversation with him was to that end that um, William just stated, which was getting at the bottom of corruption in Ukraine and how it affected uh, uh, the American electoral, uh, in in American politics. And so that's what his state, that's what his question, that's what his ask was, if you will, um, to the point of, you know, Joe Biden. Being involved again, I go with the fact timing isn't not a criminal um, a criminal charge or an impeachable charge. So timing doesn't shouldn't matter. Timing matters politically, and the criticisms can can come politically because of the timing, but. The timing should not play a part in the in what, what, be, what would be called an impeachable offense. And so that's exactly what William just stated, is exactly what Trump was asking Zelensky to do. Hey, you no, ran off. Just anti-... so you
1: know, just so you know, that was I, I'm sorry, i uh,
4: William, I apologize.
1: Mm-hmm. I apologize to both of you. Oh, that's
4: okay. But that's exactly what he was asking the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, to do, which was hey, investigate this corruption. By the way, this guy is also a part of it, it. Can you investigate what this guy's role was also the fact that he's a political opponent has no bearing on the fact that I want you to investigate corruption. Now, does it play for him politically? Of course it does. Uh, but that's that's just the, the the game of investigation. Did it play for the Democrats politically to have Russia, Russian, uh, uh, Russian involvement in our election? Uh, somehow tied to Trump Which was later found to be false Did that play to the Democrats politically? Of course it did Because for three years The Democrats used that as a, as a hammer To hammer Trump with every single day So if our argument is You can't investigate corruption If it involves your political opponent Then it has to be across the board um, and, and I would argue that the Democrats Used Russian involvement in our election Against Trump for political reasons
1: William, voice of reason, any thoughts on what both uh, Oz and Shelley have had to say in reference, yeah, reference to Oz's piece? Any thoughts? <laughs> I mean, from a technical aspect, these guys are definitely more involved in the technicalities of it. Uh, but, but what I will say uh, in response to Oz is I, I agree that, uh, or I disagree that timing is not an impeachable offense, right? It's like timing shouldn't be. Uh, that's not something I would go to court with and use as a, as, as a, you know, a defense or whatever the case may be. Uh, 95% of what he says, or maybe even 99% of what uh, he says, I agree with. And that's the thing. And I think that's what we have to get to is that most of what we're saying, we all agree. Like I'd say 97 to 98% of what I've heard so far, I agree with on both sides. And I, and the the problem I have is more from a from an ethical standpoint. You have to back out of it, right, and then go back into it to understand where people are having problems with it. Because what I hear Oz saying is he's more of an ethical kind of guy. He's speaking ethics. What he's saying is I don't agree with the behavior that Trump is using, right. And then what happens is people. This is what I'm saying is people move over to the other side in the tactical political part, which is what uh, I forget his name. What the uh uh, Kelly, Kelly, Shelley is saying, right? Shelley, so Shelley, 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 Ke- Kelly, Shelley. My bad. My, my, sorry, Shelley. But he's getting into more of the, uh, and so what happens is there's this balance that people typically argue uh, on one side or the other. Whether you're talking ethical, behavioral type, moral values that Trump is using or not using, uh, and then you're talking more about the political aspect of the technicalities and the technical uh, art of war uh, in politics. That Trump is using and what happens is we get to this middle part and we argue over those things when in actuality They're two different. They're two different things in my opinion, right? And so that's kind of where I stand on this and I look at it from that's why when I write my post when I wrote my post Even not being a fan of 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 Trump You could get it confused about whether I'm supporting him or not because Mm -hmm. it's two different sides It's, It's two different it's two different things that are going on here. It's two different arguments and two different positions. And if we're talking about ethics, right, then we got a big problem because ethically we've gotten ourselves into this position by ignoring other things in this society that ethics and morals play a big part in, and we ignore that. And, and the more we ignore that, the more people just like uh, 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 Mr. Oswald was saying, the more we ignore that, the more we are at risk to that because in future endeavors – People who have that position and that leadership position are going to exercise that authority in different and more aggressive ways, and we've gotten ourselves to this because we're not calling people out from their behavioral and ethics side of leadership, right? And so that's, that's kind of my position on, on this point right now. Now, nah, all strong points. Let's open up the phone lines. If you're on the phone line, if there's plenty of you on the phone right now, if you're a first-time caller you don't know this or so listen closely, you will have to press 1 to let us know that you are looking to speak. You will have to press 1 to let us know that you're looking to speak. i got my brother, Pianke, our number one caller, ready to get in right away. So we're going to go ahead and jump to the caller, and, and we'll just continue this discussion. Again, the first hour is commercial-free. So let's see what Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis has to say in reference to this morning's discussion question. Trump's impeachment. Can we have a reasonable conversation? Brother Pianchi, you are live on the air. Give us your three cents on this morning's discussion
2: question. Well, it's a good conversation, a good discussion this morning. But I think that uh, people are looking at the wrong end of the football field. There was talks. Of impeaching Donald Trump Before he was even elected In November 2016 it's The day after his inauguration Or shortly after In January 2017 He was talking about impeaching Everything from Russia Stormy Daniels Golden showers And so on and so on In 2018 You had a congressperson in Detroit get elected And as soon as she was elected Tahit who took John Conyers seat First thing out of her mouth, we're going to impeach the MF, don't you know? Well, since Mueller report, Russia storming, all that was behind her, what was she talking about? So now the impeachment is about Ukraine, something that occurred in July of this year, whereas Nancy Pelosi said we've been working on this for two and a half years. No, what you have there, in, in, in essence, is that you have a system where you have some powerful people, that is, U.S. senators. Representatives are not powerful. These senators have been in office for a long time. They make these connections and networks around the world. i give you one an example. Uranium One with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, whereas they were going to sell – the ability for a Russian state owned company, Rosatan, to mine uranium here in the United States. Well here just last week or two ago, Donald Trump put a, a wrench in that when he said he's gonna open up the mining industry, including uranium, back to United States companies. So this is what's going on. They go that goes against another powerful family, the Gupta. Family which is based out of India They're in South Africa So what you have Is actually a swamp That has been working Against the interests of the United States Overall And just so happens Donald Trump Has came upon the scene And he puts the United States first Why well, they don't like that Because you are starting to mess with People's bread and butter The news media they could have investigated Ukraine. Was not the United States involved in the overthrow of Yanatovich, who was duly elected as president of the Ukraine, which has led to Vernovsky to be in power today, a comedian? We have to look at this a little bit more deeply. I don't see anything that Donald Trump has done wrong. He has a different style, quite natural. He's not a politician; he's a business person. <laughs> And how often do you hear and you know that business people control politics? Well, he would know. Look how well he's done in business. So I just want to put that out. We got to stop looking at this big, shiny light. Then, hey, what's the thing in the wizard's eyes? Look behind the curtain and American public. Amen, Montoya. brother. Amen. I'm going to leave right now, Montoya. I'm just going to step
4: away from the phone and let and let this brother take my position.
6: <laughs>
2: Montoya,
1: how often?
4: <laughs> my brother. My brother.
6: My
1: brother. Hey, I got you for 20 more minutes now. Don't leave. Don't leave. I got you for 20 more minutes. Well, if you got to go, let yeah. me know that cuz I will let you go. You know I got like to go, let say, me know.
2: Donald Trump is the executive. Did not Barack Obama do the same thing with Nigeria when Nigeria wanted intelligence in order to fight Boko Haram? What was his pro quo? Well, you got human rights violations. And when Nigeria tried to go to Brazil or Israel to get what they needed, Barack Obama told them not to sell it to Nigeria – did not Barack Obama interfere with Nigeria's election? Come on, this stuff is it, – it, it, you have a political wrangling going on today. If I show up at your house tomorrow and knock on the door, and you open the door, I hand you a piece of paper and say you got a warrant to show up in court. I turn around and walk away. You go in the house, sit at the table, open the paper, and it's blank. So what Nancy Pelosi have, do we not know that it's not blank? So how can we say the man has been impeached? I don't care if you impeach him a thousand times. You're not going to remove him.
1: So let me jump in right here, Brother Piaki, because, again, I, and again, I always give you extra time because, again, you are Thank one you, of sir. our most consistent callers. God bless, uh, you, you, absolutely, God bless you, You're, you're absolutely calling as a – if I'll say this, again, whether people agree or disagree, there's no disagreeing that you are an informed citizen. Like I always say we have the smartest audience in all of radio. Again, that's not about what I agree or disagree with you. Again, you open up a lot of technicalities that I was unaware of. Um, Shelly, I'm going to let you piggyback. If you can, keep it brief because I'm interested in hearing what William and Oz have to say. In addition, again, I always give it. Um, brother Pianki, just more time again because he's always, in a sense, I always say teaching regardless of what, what subject matter he chooses to jump in on. Clearly, he's, in a sense, on a side, but I think I still hear a lot of facts in that as well. Go ahead, Shelly. Any quick thoughts on what he had to say so I can hear what Oz and William I, oh, have to say? Oh, none at all. I know you'll have a lot of the, time. The,
4: with bro- the, the brother ran it down, and, and I think if, if you tie it to the conversation that's uh, to your reasoning for having this show, He's actually saying much of what Williams piece is saying is that this has been going on all along, um, by everybody. The, the increasing power of the presidency started way before Trump got there. Um mm-hmm. these, amen. what he just what he huh? Oh, what he just
1: That's laid out on, just go ahead. you yeah,
4: yeah, what what he just laid out was a, a, a beautiful and concise factual breakdown of what yes. Williams said in his piece which is where is the issue here? Because this is a this has always happened. This has always gone on. So where is the impeachable offense? Um and, and so I applaud the brother. Well said.
1: All right, Oz I'm gonna let you uh, jump in and then we'll go to you William again. I'm kinda of saving you William as our voice of reason as you hear everybody kind of okay. break down their perspective. Okay. So I obviously okay. you heard that specific breakdown. I think I think the thing that I'm still kinda of hearing consistently consistently is some idea of ethics, but again, as Brother Pianki kind of says, this is kind of a consistent thing. But any thoughts on hearing this brother's specific breakdown of what's happened almost to a certain extent with different administrations to include this one? Any thoughts on
5: Well, actually, you know, this big push for partisan politics where you put the president above your actual ethical duties as a senator uh, for conviction of these impeachments actually started with Clinton. Because I think by the preponderance of the evidence, there was actually enough evidence there that showed that Clinton was actually trying to mislead Congress with his response. And at that point, you got to check him. This is essentially what impeachment is, is a check on presidential power by Congress. And you can't do that, whether it's ethical, whether it's political, because as pointed out by is they changed the law, and then they got Andrew Johnson on. So whichever your motivation is, that is a check on presidential power, which I think is important, which keeps us from having a dictator. So apolitically, politically, just looking at the way our framers set it up, I think that's the important part because I can guarantee you that if Obama would have had any of this hanging over his head, whether it's whether it's the porn star, whether it's Russian collusion, before he started uh, his presidency. He would have also. The Republicans would have been talking about impeaching him as well. As it was, they were already looking for reasons to impeach him. He just, he has, you know, he had less evidence and less behavior, as uh, William likes to put out, that that gave people reasons to be able to impeach him. Because if they really later on in the piece, you'll see if they really wanted to impeach Trump. The most evidence they have already happened in the Mueller report, and they should have gone after him for obstruction charges there. Just what drives me up the wall is the fact that the president is being held to lower standards than general populace because all of the people in Congress are corrupt. And that's the moral issue and the ethical issue that we have to ask ourselves as Americans as to whether you, you agree with Trump being impeached or not. Should these people in office be held to higher standards or lower standards? William, you can't be i
1: impi- oh, um, so Go ahead, Shirley, Go ahead. Jump in real
5: quick, Shelly
4: No, I'm just going to jump in real quick and just say you, you 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 talked about obstruction. I I don't see how in any fair, just law enforcement society where you can be in trouble for obstructing something that never happened, and and so that's the problem. Um, that I but have you with, can be. with what was just said. Yeah. But when you, you're talking about being fair and high, having high standards, how is that a high standard to say you did nothing wrong, but you obstructed us in our investigation to find out you did nothing wrong? How could you obstruct something that never happened?
1: Montoya, so, let me jump in real fact, quick. Uh, uh, in I want you to, to respond to that. Yeah, yeah, let me jump in, because okay. I want Oz to respond. Sorry. Because uh, if, if, okay. if I'm correct here, having read your piece, Oz, I think you gave a perfect yeah. analogy in reference to your yeah. career field on how that might be. So yeah. I think it's the perfect time to at least yeah, give a exactly. response. Again, I'm not. I'm just moderating for everybody out there listening. Go ahead, Oz. Here's, I think this is a, at least a fair yeah. response to your question, Shelly. Yeah. Go ahead, Oz.
5: Actually, Where's yeah, actually, Shelly, that's exactly my motivation behind all of this is I see Trump doing – exactly what lots of fellow doctors are either spending jail time, uh, you know, paying fines for, obstruction of fraud they never committed. So in my field, because I'm an inpatient child psychiatrist, one of the things you have to do is take into consideration that the FBI is going to be looking at your practice to try to see if you're doing any kind of fraud. And the first thing you do is you hire a lawyer. One of the first things they do is tell you, If you hear there's an investigation going on, if we get wind of it, talk to nobody. Because when you say anything, even if you say something like, um, you know, I'm getting investigated by the FBI, and anybody that you hold power and influence over goes and does something for you, let alone as explicit as what happened with Trump where he asked somebody to falsify information. It doesn't matter whether or not I actually committed any fraud, the investigation process is going to bust you for obstruction of justice because that law says endeavor. And this goes back to my, at least I'm trying to be consistent here. The sanctity of electoral process should have been upheld by the president. And that should be one of the people who protects it as much as possible so should the sanctity of our investigative process. And the more power you hold over somebody, the more you have to watch what you say because you're influencing. And part of, part of uh, obstruction to justice is your intent. Are you the nexus of what's going on with the obstruction to justice? Is any of this reasonable? And Trump had all of these all over the Mueller report for at least three instances. If I would have pulled half the stuff that he pulled as a doctor, trying to obstruct uh, an investigation that I never did, I would be in jail for obstruction, or at least I would have been indicted. An indictment is a good enough reason to impeach a president.
2: Well, can I say hey, something?
1: Totally. Let me, let me, let me, I'm going to go to William. we got another caller as well. Okay. Shelly, you'll be able to respond before you get off. Go ahead, William. Any thoughts on what you're hearing in this back and forth? Again, you are our voice of reason what? this morning. Any thoughts? I agree with Oswald wholeheartedly. I think you have to have checks and balances with anybody who has this amount of authority. I mean, in business, we, we do that with, you know, chairman, chairman, chairman of the board or some type of entity that actually keeps those checks and balances for somebody you uh, elected as an authoritative figure. And so we definitely have to have those checks and balances. We definitely have to exercise them when we feel like it's gotten, it's gotten too far out of out of control because you cannot pull that back. Once it's gone, it's gone. And the question I would ask is, is it too far gone already? The fact that Hmm. Donald Trump had to play this game to be in the position that he is in shows you the state of the the, the system. Uh, The only way to win is to play in the way that people are upset with from a moral and ethics issue, right? And I think the more you have this conversation, what you're going to find is you're going to keep going back to the morals and the ethics, and the further we continue to go in this direction, the more that conversation is going, to be, is going to be had because without those checks and balances, every man, human being, is going to push that, that, that control, that power, that, that, that ability to influence by way of power and control. And you see, this man is, he is of that cloth, right? This is, this is not your typical uh, person who's been elected that doesn't understand the elitist side of business. He understands how business is done at a high level, and I think the question you have to ask yourself, which I know we're talking about impeachment, but the question you have to ask yourself is who is his real opposition in this in in this thing that 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 we witness, right? Is it is it Congress or is it something else that he understands that we as the people don't clearly understand, which means this game has to be played in a different way and and, and it is a game. It is politics. And to um with Oswald I, I you know, I agree with him 100%. But the problem is, those checks and balances are, in my opinion, have not been have not been consistent. And so, when you have yep. inconsistency and in checks and balances, then you run into this issue of you know people on one side or the other. So I think that's kind of where we are. All right, Shelley. So if you will, just kind of me obsess, uh, 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 obsess, uh assessing. I'm sorry. What I'm hearing from both of them is. They have very poignant concerns about the ethnic, eth, the morals, the you know, and, and the ethics of it all, if you will. And so, I, it sounds like for me that these are fair concerns, in a sense. What's your response? Not from necessarily a a like a pinpoint particulars of the specifics, if you will, but. If that is a fair concern that I think, again, I can see how that is a fair concern for citizens, in a sense, to be worried about for those who are. There are plenty who are moving in this process that don't give a damn about what William or I, as concerned citizens, are concerned about. So for those, they have no ground to stand on or ask this question. But these brothers seem to be very sincere in what they're worried about, this lack of check and balance, if you will. That seems to be a fair concern well, at least for me, hearing them for the first time, in a sense, what is your response to them? To, from from what, from what seems to me to be a fair concern, if if you will, go ahead. Jim. Yeah. The the
4: well, the checks and balances are already there. Um, the checks and balances are there every four years with an election. The checks and balances are already mm-hmm. set up, built in to the um uh, system of government that we have with a house, a senate. A judicial branch, an executive branch. So the checks and balance are already built in. You cannot use impeachment as a check and balance. That's not the purpose of impeachment um, to check the pe- the president. Um, it's not. You can't overturn the election uh, in in a democratic in a republic like ours. You can't say I'm going to check the president's abuse of power, or I'm going to check the president's power, and uh, he obstructed justice in a. Uh, in and in in in, in, let's be honest, in a frame, and he obstructed justice in a frame job, and so we're going to impeach him and overturn a, a duly elected president because he obstructed something that never happened that was completely made up from the very beginning by his political enemies. That's not what right. impeachment is for. So you can't say mm-hmm. – um I, I, That's a check and balance the checks and balances on the president and the President's powers and a check and balance on congr- congressional powers and Senate powers and judicial branch powers all of those are built into the Constitution and it's all built into the system from its very founding. Um, that's why we've okay. made so much process over the course of time um so so uh, our progress over the course of time so that that's why impeachment is not the thing to use to check a president. Um and and I would right. I would caution anybody that would use that argument because then your elections mean nothing because if if Joe Biden wins next right. year and the Republicans mm-hmm. take over the House and Senate then impeachment becomes a thing to quote unquote check the president.
1: Right. Right. I see, yeah, I see I see the risk of that. that makes sense. Well, I got you. Um, Appreciate it for at least five more minutes. I got another caller. Let's see what they get in. Let's take take us in another direction of what they got. So I'm gonna take advantage of the five minutes. I got you. So, so let me see what they got. Area code five zero two, last three two eight three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question.
6: Hey, what's going on, Smithy? This is Brent House from uh, just outside of St. Louis.
1: And what's up, Beef? Thanks for calling in. What you got for us, brother?
6: Hey. Hearing a lot of things, man. Y'all put a lot of good stuff out there, and uh, I, I think I, my my philosophy is more in line with with uh, Shelley than it, it would be the others. Sounds like the others in my mind are saying this is. And I apologize, I just got off the treadmill, so yeah, good workout yeah, music good, for me. I appreciate that. Keep me motivated.
1: <laughs> now you... But uh,
6: <laughs> but uh, and what I hear him saying is, you know, that this is how we operate. This is how people operate. And I go back to some – and I disagree with – I agree with that, but I'll go back to something Shelley talked about. What are the checks and balances? That's why the Constitution has checks and balances that start an investigation as a check and balance to lead to impeachment once the investigation produces the uh, the evidence we need. So in that sense, yes, he is being human. We have checks and balances in place to prevent human nature uh, compromising the uh, values and and, uh, expectations of our Constitution and what it it was written to be. And we also have national security interests at stake. And that's a big part of what I wanted to touch on is national security is where I feel he is in most violation of uh uh in in his role as president he's dis- okay. disregarded and disrespected all elements and foundation of uh what we do to maintain opposition um as one a a leader of the world lo- a leader in a world power but also uh the beacon on the hill that other countries look up to if we allow such as trump did uh, uh exonerating a a uh, seal for killing someone or or taking pictures with a, a one of our dead enemies on television now we validate what other people other countries would like to do but might not do in, in, uh if we are holding ourselves to the standard that that we expect and uh and I'll kind of leave you with this um this the this is kind of the, the quorum that i think trump um has violated from day one. There's something I just to give a little background, retired Air Force in my last six years in the Air Force, I note I wrote a nuclear war policy for the Air Force. And uh so when you heard some of those uh, diplomats not diplomats, yeah, diplomats and some of the, the lieutenant colonel who uh, got up and spoke in the hearing that was mm-hmm. kind of. I was at a much lower level. I want to elevate my position. I was at a much low, lower level, but we were all in positions making sure, no matter who's president, who the politicians are, our, our policies stay consistent from one administration mm-hmm. to the next. And there's mm-hmm. something that we use. the something that we use um, a lot to uh, influence how we wrote our policy. And you probably remember this from 1995, Smithy man, but. It was something we learned that I didn't realize I would ever need until I got in this position, and it's called, it's the acronym DIME, D-I-M-E. And those are are the elements of power, diplomacy, information, Mm
5: -hmm.
6: um, military, and economics, and all those levers move uh, in concert to make sure that one we maintain our national security but two we are able to influence diplomacy and democracy uh around the world diplomacy mm-hmm. um trump went against that by violating our our uh our norms by meeting with uh kim jong un talking and giving secrets to uh putin information uh our cia and fbi and our those kinds of officials he's he's totally ripped the carpet out from those folks militarily he's um he has you know pulled our troops out of places uh most most recently in northern syria they're talking about and that who did that help out turkey and and uh and russia turkey for the first time in uh in decades bought arms from russia um militarily we're pulling folks out of Western Africa who has who's putting a foothold in western Africa china and and uh, Russia and economically you know we, we're we're doing some things with tariffs and things like that that are compromising our national security. so all of that to say those are the reasons he's bad for the position. the the impeachment is based on a slip up there's a there's a whole lot of things that 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 uh warlords do that where they we can't lock' them up legally but then they do that one slip up this is his one slip up he didn't do the uh quid pro quo for national security he did quid pro quo, pro quo for his own benefit that's the difference in, in what he's done that's that's the difference in what he's done. He he didn't do a queer pro quo and say, If we do this, allow us to put our troops on your front line so inconsistent consistent with our national security policy, we are right where the Russians are. We can see every move they have. Let us put satellites over your airspace so that we can and drones so that we can look in the right he didn't do that, he said, Investigate so that I can win. Um investigate so That's not true. None of that is true. None of what you just said, none of what you
4: just said is true. It's true. First of all, the the military people that testified were all anti-Trump. See, if you're going to be honest here, we can't have this discussion without true honesty. If you're in the military and your job is to provide and provide advice for for the president of the United States you can't dislike that president personally politically or professionally you have
6: to be okay, able to see that I think so that I think no, that contradicts that what we talked about. We talked
1: about – yeah, let him finish. him then you'll, you'll you be able to respond, Brent. Uh, yeah, go let him finish, then you'll yeah, be able to respond. I'm saying is that
4: what I'm saying is that everything that you said is not factually based. It's based on evidence provided by and brought to to the to the news or whatever you want to call it by people that did not like the man from day one. So when you talk about I if I'm going to hold up aid to Ukraine – I want the aid held up until you let me put my troops on the ground. This is a man that ran for president on pulling our troops out. His, one of his platforms was we're not the world's police, America first. He ran on that. So when he won on that, he's going to pull troops from Syria. We can give – I don't care about the Syrian people. That's a Syrian president killing his own people. That's between them. My troops should not be over there. My tax dollars should not be over there because that's a fight between them. If Russia benefits from us pulling out of Syria, that's to Russia's benefit. But I'm not supposed to be there. And if the guy ran on a policy to say I'm not going to be there, I'm not going to send troops over there, I'm not going to send money over there, the guy for 30 years has talked about aid going to foreign countries that do not benefit us. He talked about that when he interviewed with Oprah, and she said famously you should run for president. Well, this is before she claimed that he was a racist. So my point is, if a guy runs on a platform of pulling troops, of holding up aid, and then he does that, and then you claim, oh, this is all bad for the military, this is bad for national security, it's bogus. I'm sorry.
6: So I, I would say sp- that uh, – Go uh, ahead, Go ahead, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. respond. The, the, first, the first point that I was going to um, um, chat impeach that you made was that people in the military um, – have to be have to like the president to carry out his policy and that that's what's not true. That's what that's I, what I is the greatest. He didn't say that. Greatest, didn't this, say that. He, did not, he didn't I say so, that. So that's
1: not fair. That, yeah, that's not fair. Well, that's he, 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 he that, said so.
6: okay. Uh, he he said those individuals that were that were testifying. One of them was military. They can't carry yeah. out his policy. They they have to like the president. He said they didn't like the president. And I, I said they didn't so, like
4: him. I said he had to like him. No, hold on. I said they did not they, like him. I didn't
6: say they had okay. to like him. So, I said in order so we to So let
0: me
1: jump in, y'all. Let me point. jump in. Let me jump in. Let, let, let me jump let in. Everybody, one. let me jump in. Everybody, yes. let me jump in. I'm going to mute you. All right, listen up. So I just want clarity so that we make and I understand what's going on right now. So we're, we're trying to make sure that we are clear on each other's point. So in Shelly suggestion that they did not like him, he wasn't making reference to whether they had to or not, he was using it to make another point. So I, I so I that's why he's adamant about clarifying that before you make a point about that. Right. When his point was never was never about whether they had to like the president or not. Right. And and you still get to make your point, Brent, I'm gonna let you make your point. Um but I I, I don't want you to address that as a point if that's not the okay. point he was making. Does that make sense? Yeah. Gotcha. So that's why I'm trying to get the clarity gotcha. right now. He was never making that point. I know you have other points and I definitely want to get to those, but I don't want to spend time on a misunderstood yeah. point. So that's why I'm trying to add clarity right now. Go ahead, Brent.
6: So so in our role we are we are uh sworn to uphold the constitution against enemies foreign and domestic. Not it has nothing to do with who the president is. And that's what those folks were doing, upholding the uh constitution. Uh when and I don't like the president. I would have served him faithfully. Um, for eight years with uh, with uh, Barack Obama in place, you had people who hated the president because the military uh, and, and that institution is, is generally conservative. The, uh, the point I was making about him, the, I was making an example of, uh, a hypothetical, if he was doing a quid pro quo, to to allow him to put troops on the line, that would be different because it would be in the vein of national security. What he did was a quid pro quo that benefited only himself right but I understood um, that, but let me say
1: this real quick, bro. let me say this real quick, Brent, so yeah, I understood when you made that point what I think I heard in response to you from Shelley, and this is what I would love to hear you address, and again, it's just me listening and trying to understand everything well what, what so yeah, you yeah, to that point, I understood. it. His point to you was, well, considering that the president's platform was that he would pull out and that he stayed consistent with it. Now, you know, you or I or any of us can assess whether that was good or bad. Shelly's just pointing out that it was consistent with what he ran on, and all of us can assess whether it was good or bad to pull out or not. But Shelly's just saying he's at least being consistent what he ran on, and it's really up... The future will only decide ultimately whether it was a ultimate benefit or not to us as the U.S., but if his decision is, we're not supposed to be there, and he's consistent with that, then your, your example, your hypothetical of that you would consider that a good quid pro quo or not, he's just saying it applies not when you consider Trump's original platform. That's how I Hear that, uh, and,
6: and so uh, so, you, you go, so go, ahead, guess, go ahead. So so I was saying that his quid pro quo that we are that has put him up for impeachment and ultimately impeach was that how can this been I need you to do something that benefits me. That's what led to impeachment. And I'm just saying that had had he said, I need you to do something that allows us to forward our national security, whether it was in his eyes or not. As a hypothetical, maybe as a bad example because I'm not. I'm saying he was consistent with who he is, but had he said that, he would not have been impeached. He would not. It would not be an impeachable offense. The the quid pro quo, and it would be consistent with what uh, Williams said earlier. With we do this all the time. We do. But, but, it, it nah, fair enough. But uh, I, let me let but me we, no, let me jump in, Shelly. No, sorry.
1: Oz, you had yeah. agreed mightily with that point. So I want to hear your thoughts right now because that's what i I de I felt like you definitely agreed with Brent on. So to let you let me let you jump in right now. Again, y'all just work with me on moderating this discussion. We try to keep it reasonable. Yeah. Oz, please jump in because I think you definitely agree with that particular point. And Shelly, you can respond. I want to yeah.
5: point out that I agree with Shelly in the sense. That this is not new, that this is consistent with what the platform that Trump ran on, you know, rooting out corruption, doing all these kinds of things, um so I agree with Shelley on that. What the caller is bringing up is that in this particular instance in these particular phone calls, when you look at it, I just like to use the common terminology, it smells funny, it looks funny to me the time this goes back to the timing of it, right. If he was being consistent with his desire to root out corruption, he would have done this after Ukraine uh, early on in his presidency already. If this was such a big concern Zelensky for
6: him, just he would have elected. brought that out. This was the first Shelly, call you finish with Zelensky. You, 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 you,
5: you have
1: it. Let him finish, and you have it. Mm-hmm.
5: Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, and Shelly brought up a a reasonable point that this is for the new president coming in and we don't know whether he said or did. Like if I were defending myself about Trump, I would point out that with the last president, I have a phone call with him asking for corruption. That's uh, we we're, we're talking about consistency he here. Up. Show me the consistency okay. of you you are so interested and whether Ukraine was actually involved in rigging the elections, all the things that he brings up that are Fox talking points. If he was consistently going after that, he should have evidence that he was discussing these exact same things with the previous president, and this is a continuation. The previous president of it, was involved
4: corruption. In but if pre, not, but he thing, should have called they,
5: him Shelley, but, hold, but, but hold he hold should up, have hold called Let's him.
4: be fair. Let's be fair here. Let's look at the timeline and be fair. Russian, you both admit. Uh, you know, admit uh, not admit. I'm sorry. You both acknowledge the fact that Russia in, uh, it tried to uh, involve themselves Influence in the outcome election. of our elections, mm-hmm. right? And so we we both know that. Also, what came out in the Mueller report was Ukraine was also involved. This was not a either or. This was always an and. And Russia and Ukraine. These this was always the case. All right. And so the the essential point here is that once the president has been told by the Congress, by the media, by everyone else. Please uh, protect our elections from Russia, and we even think you're involved with Russia, and we're going to investigate you for three years with you, about your involvement, quote unquote, with Russia. Then investigate, investigate uh, electoral uh, electoral involvement by foreign countries. Okay, the new president of Ukraine comes in who ran on an anti-corruption platform. He has his first phone call with the guy, and a, and they talk, they talk, they talk. And Then he brings up, hey man, you ran on you, you ran on anti-corruption. Are you going to investigate these things that are going on in your own country? As it pertains to our electoral politics The fact that Joe Biden is running against me Has no bearing on it Does it benefit me? Of course it does Is the timing of it bad? Well it can't be any better Because the guy just got elected president On an anti-corruption platform So now my point here is that I as a supporter Look at that from that aspect if you don't like the president, and you could be as apolitical as you want to be, but if you don't like the president, you will look at it from another standpoint. But you can't ignore the timing. You cannot ignore when I asked the question to involve yourself in anti-corruption efforts after you won an election based on running on an anti-corruption platform. The last president you couldn't ask to get rid of uh, corruption because he was the one that was involved in, a, in a corruption in the first place. So you, well, what, Joey, what sense does oh, that yeah. make?
5: Shall we? That doesn't uh, go out
6: Let
1: let, yeah, let, Oz, let Oz respond
5: and let him let him, let him have his response. Go ahead, Oz. Okay. A few things. Uh, I w- I'm kind of interested in hearing, obviously, uh, what William has to say about this as well. But one thing that he brought up it goes flies against one of the witnesses, Fiona Hill, the President himself hired, who makes it very clear that the Ukraine involvement in all of this is a red herring. And that's because he brought up – because Shelly did bring up something that I think has at least been negated by somebody who's way smarter than I am and knows this area a whole lot better than I think either Shelly or I do, Fiona Hill, who sat there and testified that this is not true, The Ukraine stuff is all something that's made up and is actually part of Russian continued interference. I just wanted to bring that up. I'm kind of interested in hearing what Shelly has to say about that as well because I'm not here to – I'm here for dialogue and to learn yeah, I mean as well. But getting back to that. my – you well, let, me let, let finish. him
1: finish, though. Let him finish. Oh, oh. Shelly, he's oh, going to let answer. you answer. Shelly, Shelly, oh, you oh, have to oh. let him finish. Oh. I'm a mutual brother. you got to let him finish. Sorry. Cause he's gonna make, oh. He said he wants to let you answer that, but he's making another point. Let him finish his point.
5: Yeah, yeah and what I was going back to, the reason I emphat- emphatically said, mm-hmm, is because when you sit there and you just look at the evidence, at the and it's not a beyond a reasonable doubt. I hear, Shelley. there are alternative explanations. And the Mueller report did a very good job of pointing out alternative explanations for some of the obstruction charges. But all the defenses that I've ever heard for the president are people don't like him. Yes, it's true that people don't like him. I personally, you know, for me, it's more from a professional point of view that I think he is – meant that he is mentally unstable and that puts us at risk he is, he's not the first president we've ever had who's mentally unstable he's got malignant narcissism he's not mm-hmm. the you know he LBJ had bipolar and if we had facebook around him there's no way he would have survived this presidency i'm not saying that that's enough to make you impeach the guy I hear you that we could get rid of him in the electoral process, but the one thing that's in my piece is I sit there and say, I also impeach Pelosi for abuse of power, and I impeach McConnell for, for abuse of power. Uh, I'm with William on this. The whole system is corrupt, and, but you cannot stop holding one person accountable just because the rest of the system is corrupt, and that's my whole point, is I would have been busted for obstruction of justice. As an MD, if I tried half the stuff he did, and that's in the Mueller report. And the, the Democrats are just playing politics because if they were really interested in upholding the law and holding the president in check, they would have gone after him for there. But the populace was not behind it, therefore they decided not to go with it. And now they thought they could get enough political backing to go after him for the Ukraine, and that's when they went after him. And I think there's less evidence for the Ukraine thing than there was for obstruction of justice to Mueller.
6: So let me so say this, and I'm going to let
1: Brad speak to because he's on a crazy caller. So I'm going to let him get one last thought. Um So, I'm just, what I think I'm hearing, just again, is just, just listen, listening and learning. And from again, y'all have paid more attention to this than I have. So, I hear where you're being, in a sense, what your consistent issue is, um, Oz. Uh, and as you said, you would apply it to, as you said, Nancy Pelosi and others. What I think I hear. uh Shelly saying, to a certain extent is while you might like to use and pitch impeachment in this manner, it's not how our system is set up to use it, and it is in and it's much more at risk even and 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 I don't hear Shelley saying that his defense is well, the whole system is corrupt, like that has not been his his defense. I do want to throw that out
6: there That's that
1: has not point. been his defense so so I just want to kind of keep, you know make that real clear that has not been his defense but the way you would like to use this, whether we like it or not, possibly puts the whole system at risk. At least kind of how I'm assessing this. Grant, I'm going to give you one final thought. We do have another caller. I'm going to give you a thought. Shelly will get to respond. Then we'll go to the caller. And I want to be respectful of any of your times. William, we definitely give him a thought as well. So just kind of work with me as we make this happen. Grant, you will get one final thought, and we'll have to let you go. Go ahead, brother.
6: Yeah, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the discussion. And. I, as a retired military member, I do not like this president. I'll say that he would not be allowed in my boys' club Boys' club to influence the morals and values that our boys' club stands for, much less our country. Um, I will say this. He, he was talking about the uh, Ukraine thing, um, that Ukraine played a role in it. The Mueller report actually said that Manafort was pushing – the the uh, Ukraine conspiracy theory in their role. That's what he said in the Mueller report said about Manafort and his role in uh, bringing up the name in the uh, uh, involvement in our election. Um, our president he he made a slip up that he has not cleared the swamp. He might think uh, we might talk about his his platform as corruption, clearing up corruption. He hasn't cleaned up the swamp like he said he would. Um, for those reasons, I don't like him, for the things he's done uh, that he's been impeached for, obstruction of justice. Clinton was not removed or not, not impeached because he had sex with uh, uh, his his aide. He was impeached because he lied about it. And so the crime does not have to be committed to, uh, to be impeached, uh, and I'll just leave it at that. But thanks for thanks for to get into it. I appreciate you guys' input. Sure, so, no can go
1: now? All right, Shelley. Okay, I'm pretty sure places you want to go. If you will, I'm going to have you start with um, the specific thing that Oz kind of mentioned. He says here's how he understood that that aspect. I guess from the one person he said is that that kind of pointed out. He thought there was some discrepancy in what you had said. So if you would address that first, well, and then wherever else you want to go.
4: Well, Manafort well, was not pushing the Ukrainian. Um, involvement Ukraine was the one pushing dirt on Manafort. If you remember Manafort was trump 's campaign manager when it came out that he was doing that he had done work for ukraine that 's when they actively removed Manafort during the summer of two thousand sixteen. The Ukrainians were the ones that were pushing uh, uh, information to the DNC and to the Clinton campaign now. Quite honestly, did they want that information? Who knows? A prob- let's, let's for argument, say they didn't want it. But Ukrainian officials, according to the political article that everyone references, that's, the, that's where the genesis of Ukraine's involvement in a Russian ele- I mean, in our election comes from. a political 5,000 word political article that ran in 2017. and so and, and, and it talked about Ukrainian officials um, uh, pushing um, uh, trying to swing the election in favor of Clinton. Um, and, and, and they pushed information questioning Trump's uh, uh, fitness for office, um, uh, and they sent the documents that show Paul Manafort was involved in corruption by working for Ukraine. And that's what got him fired from the Trump, organiz- uh, from the Trump campaign. So that's where it comes from. Um, and so to say that it didn't happen because Fiona said it didn't happen, I, I think she's, she's right in the aspect that it didn't happen like Russia interference happened because according to all the reporting and the intelligence um, uh, gathering, Russia's involvement in our election was top down, Putin down, Putin instructing his people, his bots, whatever it is, to do this. In re- Ukraine, it was Ukrainian officials. Now, if you follow the logic here, if it, if it was Ukrainian officials – working separate and apart from the president at the time of Ukraine, and you know that Burisma, which is the largest company in Ukraine, and and Biden's son is on the board of that company, then it logically dictates if you're following the same logic that made you investigate Trump and his Russian ties from the very beginning because there was smoke or evidence or uh, uh, something going on there, then the same thing has to apply here. If you're looking at this fairly, which is why it was very important of what I said about whether you like him or or don't like him, I mean, if you don't like him, you're going to see things where you want to see them because you don't want him in office. And finally, I will say this. The guy that ran on a platform of draining the swamp cannot be the guy you remove as an example to make an example of swampy behavior that's totally illogical and it totally it's 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 counterintuitive to say that The guy comes along who's never been a part of this process, who's never been a part of this political system, says, I want to drain the swamp. We all know as black men that there's been a swamp because we've talked about it over beers and in barbershops for the last 30 years, and now he comes along and wants to drain it. And the example that we use today on this this radio show is to say, well, in order to drain the swamp, we need to get rid of the guy that called for draining the swamp. It's counterintuitive, and it's (laughs) illogical.
1: Yeah, it sounds funny. I have to admit that as well. Yeah. I, think I hear William. Perfect timing, mm-hmm. William. If you will jump in and we'll get to the caller um, after you mm-hmm. give your thoughts, Shelley, um You said in closing, I want to check on because I know you're, you know, kind of getting in here. Do you need to go or do you got um, a few oh. more minutes with us? Just checking. To be fair to you. Oh,
4: I got yeah. I got people, I, I I work security. Man, ain't nobody here.
1: I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure you were good. I just saying in closing, just kind of closing I didn't know if you needed to go. All right, uh, William, if you will, go ahead and jump in, and then we'll get to the caller after you. Well, yeah, I think that it, I think as we talk about impeachment, as obviously the uh, the topic is, and uh, there's so many layers to what we're talking about, and I just want to, you know highlight the fact that impeachment is what we're talking about, right? Because we can talk everything leads back. Just about anything you talk about can lead back to this conversation. Um, but I think if you look at the definition, and I kind of want to go back to that because I kind of want to go back to impeachment. What is impeachment and what isn't impeachment? Because, or what what does impeachment mean? Because I think a lot of people may be listening and they have a idea of what the impeachment or the impeachment process actually is Because we talked about checks and balances before And I remember Oswald He, he mentioned there as to be checks and balances And I think a couple of people said you know That it shouldn't be used as checks and balances But if you look at And here's the question I would have Is there a differentiation between The impeachment process and actually Being impeached Because it seems as though The impeachment process if you look at it By definition allows me If I am a concerned citizen or if I am a concerned uh, uh, Congress or whatever it is, if I have a concern in regards to the behavior, then I'm allowed to bring forth an accusation. That's part of my right as a citizen also to say what I feel and make an accusation, not to say the accusation is true, right? But Mm -hmm. isn't that part of our civil uh, uh, rights to Mm -hmm. voice Duties duties to voice our opinion as to whether this behavior is constitutionally correct or not And I think we have to understand there is a differentiation between the act Mm -hmm. or the process of impeachment Mm -hmm. Versus actually being found guilty and being impeached And I think a lot of people use both in the same argument And there can be some confusion there about about what the checks and balances are versus what they aren't when you use the word impeached. Does that make sense? No, it's very clear. I mean let me tell you running topic, back to you. Right? Yeah. Well no no yeah if you've got more thoughts then you're making you're making sense no, no, so if you well, have more thoughts go ahead because yeah, yeah. well, I just want to get I just want to get back to the the the, the, the title of what we're talking about, which is
5: right, obviously right.
1: being impeached because again again we can go we can go all over the place in regards to mm-hmm. the layers that This you know That that how we got here right? Mm -hmm. How how do we get to this place right there's several Different Mm -hmm. ills in society that That demonstrate this same power Obstruction and power abuse we could talk about You know Colin Kaepernick we could Talk about police brutality all of that Is the same principles of abuse Of power right authority Mm -hmm. Being checked being called To task there's a lot of different Examples that we can use uh, to, To make the same alignment and Analogy but and when we're talking about impeachment, obviously that's very specific to the president, and that is the title right. of this uh, of this show. And discussion. so I think it uh, this discussion, and I think it does it may do some people who are listening some justice to be clear about what impeachment actually is and what it isn't, because I've seen many people use it, uh, you know, and, right. and, you know. Multiple different ways in terms of what the result of the no, it makes a lot of sense. Let me jump in right here in. and let's get to the caller. But yeah, let me jump in. I I think I think I think what you're doing is very necessary. I agree with you pointing out that distinction, and, and this is how I clearly understand it. And if I'm wrong, you can correct me. If I'm right, we'll go to the caller. Okay. Um, you're just making. You're trying to make people understand since those two things are actually different. The process to start an impeachment versus what impeachment actually is. You're trying to make sure that as people even listen to us dialogue, that they understand which part of that process we are dialoguing about. But if you convolute the process versus actual impeachment, then you can think it all goes together and come out with a wrong understanding of what's being discussed. Even in this discussion, as you said, the point of this dialogue is about the impeachment itself. So I think that which, that's what you're expecting exactly. to clarify and make sure that we're not, in a sense, leaving even the audience or, or, or by not clarifying which point that we're in when we're having a dialogue. For example, what, uh, and Shelley was just dialoguing about, they were basically being very specific on what you consider the fairness of the process of impeachment. But if you think that right. also includes what impeachment is, then whether you agree with Shelley or agree with Oz, you're going to come up with a bad conclusion about impeachment if you don't understand that yes. their dialogue was specifically about the process prior to what impeachment is. Did I capture it clearly? Because that's what I heard you say. Absolutely. You know, I love for, you, I love for your, 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 your shows and your dialogue, your conversations, to do, do service and justice for what the topic is. You know, I always try to bring it back.
0: Mm-hmm. And I yes, think to do. not be
1: clear on that, I think to not be clear on that, and actually uh, clarify, yep, I think it does right. a, to- a big disservice to our entire absolutely. dialogue and entire conversation. No, absolutely. I appreciate you distinguishing that. And so, um, yeah, clearly, the dialogue Oz and Shelley was just having was specifically about as he said, our civic duty to possibly bring for an impeachment, whether that be by representative or even maybe as a citizen's we are allowed. So the fairness of right. that is not the impeachment process itself, and that is clarity that we needed to bring to this discussion, and I appreciate you for that. Let's go to another caller, and let's see where we go with this. Area code 678 last three three zero six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Discussion
0: question, President Trump's impeachment, and we have a reasonable discussion. Go ahead. Thank you very much. I enjoy this conversation. This is uh, Tennessee calling from Atlanta. Uh, Several other gentlemen indicated what Trump did, or what Trump is accused of is not impeachable, but I want to go to the uh, Constitution, Article 2, Section 4, and it provides The president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. So that falls under those crimes. And the president of the United States attempting to use his power to coerce a foreign leader to harass and discredit Joe Biden, one of his political opponents that in itself is a personal benefit he's trying to do. This is not, he's not acting just as the previous caller indicated. He's not acting for a favor for a nation or anything like that. He was trying to benefit from it. And we know that quid pro quo is against the law and we know that it's a favor for a favor. So there's no question about that. A person is working for a corporation, does the same thing, same thing that too is against the law. So this is nothing ambiguous about the law, and I, I want to say this: to say it is a lie, to say all who testify is anti-Trump is not true, and we need to stop that. We need to be—you guys doing a good job in this discussion, except we got to, you know, we got to be truthful. I, about let me let me let me saying. jump in right I there because oh I'm right, always about clarity. Whoa, whoa, no. I'm, I'm always I'm always not clear. No 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 no, got, no 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 Let me finish. You, you, you have it, Tinnisson. Tinnisson,
1: you're gonna you. This is this is how it works, brother. So, okay, all right, so, all right, all right. So you got it. You got gotta, it. I'm, I'm not going to stop your point, but I'm always going to jump in for clarity. So what was not said was that all that testified were again That was not said on this show. What was pointed out was the particular people that testified, it was clear based on their backgrounds that they were. So that is not suggesting that everybody is – it was particular about what the the discussion they were having that that caller was a military member, and he was talking about other military members at the time who were testifying during the administration so i so it so nobody on this show has made the point that all that testified against Trump were against him, so that's the only reason I'm addressing you because your point was going to be about that, and that was never said on this show. So I always do clarity you know, when somebody misunderstands. A point that was made, but I would like to ask you a question. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no. But I want to wh- ask you a question I, I, about your first uh-huh. point, and then you can get to your second point. I'm going to let you okay, get everything out, okay. but All I want right, to ask a enough, question about your first point. Okay. Yeah, you had a, yeah. I'm going to let you get everything out. I just want to ask you a question about your first, your first point. Now, what I think I've learned. Just from, again, I'm moderating this show, but I think something I've learned in the first hour was when you, when you broke down the definition and that you said that quid pro was illegal but I think I've heard on the show that quid pro is something that happens in the political process all the, time. all the time, all the time to the extent that if quid pro is, if you're going to make it literal is illegal the way that you've stated it in the definition, then I hear, I hear the logic. I'm just telling you how I hear what you say. And I want you to answer this. I hear it as if, we would just be able to impeach every president then because that is a natural part of back and forth in po- the political process. So to make yes. it literal makes it almost impossible to have a political system. Like if you, to make it literal just to take down any president, whether it be this president, whether you like him or not, to make it that literal doesn't make make common sense to me because Quid Pro is naturally a part of every back and forth, whether we like it or not. Go ahead and respond to that, but I'm just telling you, that's how I receive you making it so literal. So I just want to hear your thoughts to it. I'm not on the side. I'm just breaking down what I heard you
0: say. Go ahead. I'm fair enough, fair enough. And the difference is, Monta, is this. This is a foreign government. That's the difference. And the other difference is we're not talking about Him asking a favor to benefit America, he's asking a favor to benefit his reelection impersonally. That's the difference between that. And one of the general, I think, Bianco had mentioned about Obama and Nigeria. We are talking about a nation versus a person. Trump basically said, "You do this for me, and I'm going to withhold. If you don't do it, I'm going to withhold taxpayer money." No, you—that's not your money. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you're the president, but that's taxpayer money, and that money is not used for benefiting the president. It's not used to benefit Congress or personal pers- uh, 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 a senator. So that's the difference within that. And what I was talking about, going back to my other conversation where I was saying we got to be truthful, I was speaking about what Shelley said. He basically said the people testified during the impeachment process— <laughs> Those people were saying they were anti-Trump. And one of the persons I wanted to bring to the forefront is Ambassador Gordon Sutherland, who gifted a, mil- a million dollars to the Trump campaign when Trump was running. And that's how he, get that, he got that uh, ambassadorship that he's the ambassador the, to the uni- United, uh, European Union. I'm sorry. And he testified basically that Trump is care about just Trump. And Trump did in fact did that and withheld this was a known thing within the three that Trump said, Yes, we need to withhold those things until I get this thing done. So there's no there's no question about and also let me remind Shelley too that the White House has well let me be more specific, President Obama President Trump has directed People such as John Bolton and Mike Mulvaney not to testify. They're his appointees. The Democrats wanted them to, be, to testify, but he basically blocked them from testifying. So, what, 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 did, what are Democrats supposed to do? Now, if I were the Democrat, I'd be a lot more forceful, and the Senate would be going, to, uh, going to, to court to have him testify. And that's one of the reasons why they're trying to get them to testify during the Senate trial.
1: Yeah, let, me, let, let me let Shelly respond to you at this point, um, uh, Tennyson. Go ahead, Shelly. Did I lose Shelly? Maybe Shelly may have had. To. Yeah, he may have had. He was trying to work with it at his work, so he may have had to drop.
0: No, I think Shelly went higher. Okay, right here, right
4: here, right here. No, he's, right oh, he's back.
0: <laughs> oh, Shelly's um, back. No,
1: go ahead. No, go ahead, yeah, Shelly. So any, ahead, uh, any response uh, to what our caller Tennyson has had first, to say? Go ahead.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. He said two things. He said two things that um when you're on when you're doing these kind of back and forths or platforms or you know conversations on a radio show um you can't say as your point of um uh of, of of you're making your point to say he basically said. Um, you know, Trump didn't <laughs> basically say to Zelensky, "Do this for me, and I'll and, and do, go attack Biden, and I will, uh, I'll, I'll give you your money, which is the taxpayers' money." He specifically asked Zelensky, quote unquote, to go after public corruption in Ukraine and how it affected our elector our elections. Also, I'm told, I'm told that Joe Biden had something to do with it. And also, I'm told that you guys have your, the CrowdStrike server, if you guys don't remember CrowdStrike. It's written extensively about in, in Donna, um, uh, Donna Brazil's book on the election and the, uh, the DNC hacking. So those that's the first thing. That's not basically. That's exactly what he said. He asked for corruption. Biden is involved with Burisma. We know that as a fact. So that's tied to the corruption. That's not basically go after my political opponent. There's two different things. Second, basically, that the caller used as a defense was Sutherland. Basically, said there was a quid pro quo. Sutherland also said, "I never heard from the president that aid was conditioned on an announcement of investigation." That was Sutherland's direct testimony. I never heard from the president Trump that aid was conditioned on announcements of investigations. It was abundantly clear to everyone that there was a link. That that's that's not basically nothing. That's exactly what Sutherland said. That, he, that he'd never heard the president. Sumlin also never heard the call. Sumlin was also told about the call third hand. So as black men on this phone call, let me say this, because this is the most <laughs> distressing thing that I've ever seen in my life over this course of three years, and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it really bothers me. As black men on this phone call, if a person said, I heard Montoya killed somebody, well, where did you hear it from? Well, I heard it from my neighbor. And the cops rolled up to Montoya's house and said, we're arresting you right now because you, we heard you killed somebody. And there's no body, there's no evidence, there's no weapon, nothing. There's, no even, there's, no even, there's not even an accuser. It's just a hearsay evidence, third hand, that I heard Montoya killed somebody. Montoya goes to court. The, the prosecutor, whose job is to prosecute, indicts Montoya on a murder he knows he did not commit. And I have black men for the last three years supporting that to happen. I also have black men saying that even though Montoya didn't kill anybody, if he told his friend, hey, man, I didn't kill anybody, he's obstructing justice, he can go to jail for that. I hear black men saying this. I hear black men completely, completely supporting an FBI, a CIA, a deep state, a, a intelligence apparatus that killed Martin, killed Fred Hampton, killed Martin Luther King, killed all these black leaderships, all now standing on the side of saying, oh, we've got to listen to the FBI. We've got to listen to Fiona Hill. We've got to listen to all of these important people.
1: This is bogus,
4: man. This is incredibly bogus.
1: Hey man, well, go ahead, William. And I'm gonna let William respond, and then I'm gonna let Tennyson no, respond. Y'all work with me on the moderation. Go <laughs> ahead, William. No, I I agree with everything Shelly just said, 150. percent So I don't have anything to add to that. You can go to the next guy. Just he he hit it on the head. It just does not make logical sense to support a behavior that has it has impacted you, and specifically as a black man. Because I started with that kind of this morning. We kind of you know, and mm-hmm. and we got away from that, but. In this system that we that we live in, right? And again, this is what I was talking about. Where you could have so many different examples of abuse of power and authority that impact you and hold you down as a particular part of society. And here we are supporting that same uh, that same behavior, so to speak. So yeah, I 150 percent. I agree, Shelly. Well said. I'll give you one last response. I do have another caller. would love to keep you longer, but i got to go to the next caller. But you have a – the floor is yours to respond to um, Shelly or William, however you feel – whatever you feel fit to do.
0: Okay, I appreciate it. And one thing I want to correct Shelly about is this. First of all, what he missed to – said during his conversation just now is, Southland, uh, Ambassador Southland came back the next day and testified because he didn't want to perjure himself. He came back. Remember, the first day he testified, he said, oh, you know, uh, no, Trump didn't do this and he didn't say this. He came back the next day and said, I need to t- change my testimony. Are we forgetting that? The other thing is that that's that uh, 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 and I, and I think a I'm going to say Shelly well, hold on, hold a, a on, good lawyer finish, will say, well, which no, one no, is the no, truth? The first let me day finish. or the second let day? Let me finish. Let me finish. I didn't interrupt you. I didn't return what you told me. No, no, no. I'm just That's a good Shelly. question, Shelley. But let, let him finish. you're not going to play. Let me finish. There's another thing that, and I'm going to say, Shelley just did not realize that he made this mistake when. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a third party that Sunland testify about. Sunland was the person that was in the restaurant in Ukraine when Trump called him, and several people testified that the, the conversation was so loud they could hear when Trump said it on the phone. Sunland even admitted. So stop saying that he was a third party. He was not a third party. He was the person who Trump spoke with directly.
1: But in that conversation, Trump did not tell him that until these
4: investigations are done, that money will be held. Never in that conversation was that even mentioned. The phone call, I mean, none of that was mentioned in the phone call. The people that are sitting around Sunland during the phone call was assuming what was being said because they, they they said they can hear in a busy restaurant in a foreign city in an outdoor cafe. People are sitting around listening to a phone call third hand. I can and, and, and famously on CNN, um, uh, Chris Cuomo tried to call his mother and say, I'm putting my mother on
1: the phone. Can you guys hear? And they were in
4: a quiet newsroom. Come on, man. This is all us. A...
1: Hey, thanks for the call, Tennyson. Appreciate the thoughts. We definitely allow all the opinions to flow. All right, we're going to go to the next call and see what they bring to the table. I think we are proving why we have the smartest audience in all of radio. Definitely appreciate all the callers. If you're online and you want to get it, if you're on the phone lines, I should say, you have to press 1 to get in on this morning's discussion. We only have about 15 minutes to go. We'll try to take some more callers as well. If you're online, the number I'm is sorry. 646. Oh, is that you, Oz? You need to go? I'm sorry.
5: Yeah, no, no, no. I just wanted to say one thing about what Shelly had brought up oh, please I'd do. just like to point out. Yeah, please, please. Cause I, I do. Because okay. I do agree with him on the whole analogy of there being distrust towards the government. But sooner or later, there has to be some amount of trust that we have to give the government, although I believe it's a, in general a political, you know, they're all in favor of power. And as a fellow person of, of darker skin, maybe not as darker skin as some of you, some of you guys, I'm first-generation Mexican-American. But at the yellow, end... Although, I'm yeah. high yellow. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, the thing that I'm trying to point, point out, though, is the fact that it's not the same, it's not a correct analogy, or at least it's an incomplete analogy what Shelley brought to the table, which is one individual coming up and, and bringing up a hearsay charge against another individual and sparking in an investigation. This was actually something that was set up as a whistleblower account of people who have spent most of their lives saying, you know what, the president's gonna change in four years. I don't care if I dislike him or, or not like him. I want people to consider that, that those people who testified in general serve the president, who the president is, whether they like him or dislike him. So the question becomes, is their dislike of the president enough to have caused them to break chain with that? Or was it their actual concern of something nefarious going on? And this is Fair where enough. the sniff test comes in. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, no, great Fair dialogue. Yeah,
1: beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful point. Beautiful point. I appreciate that. Let's go to another caller. If you're on the phone lines, you have to press one to get in. Area code 909 last 3112. Yep. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion.
3: Good morning. My name is Suzette, and I'm calling from California. And my three cents is uh, the whistleblower had received secondhand knowledge or secondhand information and had troubled that person. Because of the fact that it was secondhand information, you can't say that this person actually knew what had happened. He just had heard what had happened in the phone call from somebody else and filed a complaint. When he filed the complaint, he filed it. With the IG and with the with Schiff's staff, Adam Schiff, why he did that I don't know. he didn't need to do that, it needed to go through the ID through the, or IG, which is the proper channels. So the IG, for some reason, felt that it was uh, that he needed to take the whistleblower's complaint, and so from there, it was handed to Congress, and then they began the investigation. Inve- uh, the investigation. Now, fast forward to someone. Someone had testified that in the phone call to Zelensky, the president, um, he had presumed to believe that that there was a quid pro quo. And right there, from there, that presumption went to pass on to somebody he talked to, and that person talked to somebody, and that person talked to somebody, and that person talked to somebody. We have Vidman, Lieutenant Vidman or Colonel Vidman, and the young lady that was sitting next to him, and they were both in the room with a phone call, and they each have different transcriptions, and they can't agree as to what was said, so right there is <laughs> it says, "Well, did he say this, or did he did he not say this?" And there was no quick pro quo; they both agreed on that again, we're basing it on the assumption um Colonel Bidman had said that's what he believed that um President Trump was demanding. But President Trump, those words, never used those words that he demanded an investigation. But that was Colonel Vidman's testimony because he's military. He assumed that because he's military, this is what he meant. So mm-hmm. what we're trying to determine here is why these people seem to presume to know what was in the president's head, his intention, while he was on the phone call. Now, with the impeachment process here, high crimes and misdemeanors, or you could be charged with something else. Um, that would be detrimental to the com- uh, to the country if he had done something
6: mm-hmm.
3: um, that would hurt the country, and then he could be impeached. Impeached is the the right. process of investigation, and then the Senate is the one that does the trial. But he doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. will be removed through impeachment because if he's not found guilty, then he gets to stay. But also, right. the impeachment articles have constru- um, obstruction of justice and abuse of power. Those are the only two things that the Democrats had wrote. Up. So if they had a solid case with um, bribery or extortion or something else, which they said they had a solid case, then they should have put that in the articles. But they didn't because they don't have a solid case. And as far as the um, and um, not being able to question John Bolton or um, I forget the other person that the caller just mentioned. No, I just mentioned then yeah, what okay, would happen? Either, yeah. Yeah, then it's Congress's job, as far as the House, to subpoena, go through the courts and get a subpoena to compel them to testify. Why didn't they do that? Because they know that they would be laughed out of court with the evidence that they would put forth to the court for reason to subpoena, to compel them, for the courts to compel those to testify. So that would be the normal process. And that's what happened with the Clinton impeachment and other impeachments, is that it is a president's right to, you know, as far as have these people not testify or hand over documents, then Congress needs to go to court, go to court and have them, My, my sister, tell them. Will you marry it. me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny.
3: Uh, so say, uh,
1: yeah, basically, is laying out the process very specifically. I actually want to let William respond real quick um, to. Um, every you know, in a sense, to how she's laid it out in her opinion, there's not a real case. Um, again, I, I'm again, I'm not doing this to agree or disagree. Again, I just love the information that all of our callers are bringing because I admitted in the beginning, I don't know if you were listening, said that I actually came to this as probably the least knowledgeable of this entire process. But I wanted to just hear it from people who are very well informed and clearly you kept up with the process and know the process as well. Will you have any thoughts, again, just to what you hear of Suzette Zang? I just kind of, again, want to hear you as the voice of reason to, to where she's going with you. you no, know, I'm kind of like you, Montoya. I, I was in a place which is why I posed the question. And I, I think it was kind of cool that you started with the question that I posed because it was, it was exactly what, what, what it, was. it was the question. And the question hold on one was, second. Hold on one second. Somebody is, is moving in the background. Can you mute yourself? Because it's overtaking what William is saying. And, and what All I was right, saying ahead, was, uh, it was. And, and what I was saying is, it, it was a question. And the question was, and, and I think this entire two-hour conversation has uh, served that question well for me, mm-hmm. because the question was, is what Trump did with the Ukraine uh, not what we practice? As a country politically mm-hmm. right, and that's what the the the, the question started with and uh what what's been really uh great over this past uh, couple of hours is we've stayed to that, and it's helped me a lot uh with clarity in regards to whether that uh is or isn't now i' still kind of I'm still kind of out to uh <laughs> the jury's still kind of out right I have to decompress obviously all this information we've gotten mm-hmm. and kind of you know mull it over but I think from both sides, right? From both sides, there's there's legitimate, there's a legitimate case, right? On both sides, and um, there's a there's a, there's a thin line, there's a very fine line, and anytime you have that fine line, it's it's just you know a, a lot of it goes to um, morals and ethics. We we get back there because as far as the, the technicalities of it. Um, It's he say she say a lot like even the conversations I hear people saying matter of factly as if they were there and like uh, the last caller said the presumption and so when you use these types of words right it's just a debate and a discussion about what you ultimately believe was said interpreted and presumed and you know if you look at our judicial system I mean there's a lot of gray area in that all the time. And so right. I'm let me just jump in and let me like get to the collar and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get final thoughts yeah. from each of you. Yeah. Let me jump in. I want to get to the collar. Um, and then what well, I want to be fair to even what Suzette brought to the table, When well, she used the word presume, um, and she didn't use mm. it in a vague way. She just and I thought it was right. very fair. She used it in reference to how someone with a military background would take and make some assumptions there. And because I'm in the military, I get where she's going. And, again, that's her assessment of why maybe that commander took it as a demand, per se. I thought that was a fair presumption on her part, if you will. But, again, it's just me sitting back and listening to it. And so she didn't use it in a vague way. She just kind of gave her assessment of why that military commander made that statement, if you will. Um, uh, Suzette, again, thank you for calling in. I'll give you one, if you will, one quick thought, because I definitely want to get final thoughts from our three amazing guests. We've tried to have a reasonable conversation on this impeachment. I think we've pulled it off um, thus far. But go ahead, um, Suzette. Thank you for calling in from California. How you doing? Go ahead.
5: Go, go ahead. Oh, thank you for being Thank with you
3: me. very much. Um, I just want to say as far as the charge of high crimes misdemeanors or otherwise, I don't think that President Trump had crossed that line. Um may have some other circumstances and other things in his during his presidency, but that doesn't apply to the specific impeachment and what he's being charged with. So I just ask people to think and be fair, uh, when they assess what's going on in Congress in D C. Thank you so much for taking my call. You guys are great.
1: No, thank you very much. And we'll we'll set up the uh the, this 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 proposal from Shelly. We'll set that up, off off offline. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that, but the brother loves. Shelly loves what you had to say, if you will, uh, if you will. I got Brother Pianchi trying to get back in, who has also brought us some good information this morning. So I'm going to let Brother Frankie sneak in. I think if I'm looking at this, make sure my numbers correctly. yeah, I got Brother Pianchi trying to sneak back in here.
6: All right, Brother Pianki,
1: we got to make it quick. I got five minutes. I want to get final thoughts from all my guests, but I'll give you one quick stab in here. Thanks a lot uh, for calling back in, Brother Pianki.
2: I'm going to read to you the July 25th transcript. And it's not is it way. one
1: minute or less. That's what I need to know, because I, well, I might not let, Jimmy, let you read it. Well, it, it.
2: well, when he's talking, this is what he said to uh, on, this on top of page three, first paragraph. And on page four, he said, I will ask him to call you. He's talking about Giuliani. Rudy is very good. Uh, he said that. uh uh, well, you know, I ain't going to have time to do this. But he said, I want you <laughs> to do – here it is. I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country, who is us, our country, has been through yeah. a lot, and Ukraine knows a lot about it. That's what he's talking about, the uh, the crow thing. Correct. Then he goes down yeah. on top of page four, and he's making reference to – The former ambassador from the United States, the woman, was bad. That's the one who's raising all the hell. Bad news, and the people she was dealing with in Ukraine were bad news. So I just want to let you know that. The other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general will be great Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you could look into it, it sounds horrible to me. What has he done wrong? Thank you.
1: Hey, I think that's consistent with what Shelley that's was just true. bringing to the table. Yep, and he just gave him the exact quote, and which which definitely removes the, uh, as Shelley said. Well, he hey, do me a favor. Give Shelley my be- phone
2: number. Give give him my phone would, number just,
6: so he can I call me and that lady too.
2: I I want to marry her also. She got two choices here.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, I had no that's idea that Mary, a reasonable conversation about a peace
6: <laughs> <laughs> would lead to,
1: to potential wedding bells. Now that's a new one for me. <laughs> yeah, this is blowing my mind. All right, so I'm gonna hey, do, Montoya, what I'm, gonna do is I'm gonna let each of you. Montoya, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I I just I was about to say I think the fact that everybody's single says a lot about this phone call.
5: Well, I'm actually married, so I'm a hot people. I'm that. actually married too. The two okay. guys, okay, <laughs> you guys are dogs.
1: You guys are dogs. But the Man, the two guys that proposed are
6: actually married. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, hey, 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 William, I knew that, but I wasn't gonna call yeah. them out. What I do know, though,
1: is I'm gonna tell you what I do know. What I do know is that they, ain't even, they ain't even promoting the, They ain't even promoting the show I watch to our wives. They ain't even shared it with a close friend that they're gonna be on the air on Mental Dialogue. So, I, so, I, so I, while well, I thank Shelly for being old, he ain't doing a he's doing a terrible job of promoting the show. <laughs>
6: oh
1: man. <laughs> nah, that's exactly what I thats what I figured out If nothing
6: else So we got a couple of minutes
1: uh, William, you've already kind of said That you feel like these two hours Have definitely gave you a lot To mull yeah, over and yeah, yeah. man with your question oh. And so I'm going to go yes. Shelly, you got 30 seconds to give us a thought And I'm going to give the last minute and a half To Oz, who is the reason why we did this show Thank you for coming on, all of you But you got 30 seconds just to throw something out, Shelly And then we're going to throw it over to Oz To end the show Okay, uh, well
4: thank you, Oz, uh, for your piece um, and I just want to remind everybody, like I said, I fill in at WSB. I'll be on tomorrow from four to six thirty mm-hmm. p.m. That's ninety five point five FM here in Atlanta. You can listen online, wsbradio.com. And also, if you so, if you see fit, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. My name is spelled S H E L L E Y W Y, as in yellow. N T E R and um, I appreciate you, Montoya. Um, you know I, I love you to death. Um, and for those of you who don't know this, Montoya is probably the best talk radio host dancer in the entire world. You've got to hang out with Montoya in a club. Montoya can throw down on every dance from the 80s to the 90s and the 2000s. He knows them all.
1: I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, we had a great time at the after party for the live experience last week. Uh, Yeah, well, we did an 80s party, so I had a good time, and we always link up for that. All right, Oz, you got a minute and a half to close us out, right. whatever you want to get off your chest. I uh, appreciate you for facilitating being, the, in a sense, the catalyst for this amazing dialogue, which I think we've had. But regardless of what side of the political table you are on, I think we've at least done what we said we would do, try to have a reasonable discussion. Um, you have a whole minute. The floor is yours. Go ahead.
5: Okay. Hi, right, Thanks, Montoya. First of all, thank you for inviting me on your show. Love the way you keep the dialogue open, making sure everybody's clear about their points. I guess the only thing I have to say is that there is no good guy or bad guy in this whole comedy that's going on. Uh, the Democrats want to push themselves as good guys as checking the president. But I think I've made it quite clear that my position is, is I don't buy their argument. Because if they were really interested in catching him for what he did that I think was impeachable, it was for all the obstruction charges that are clearly laid out with evidence of the president obstructing the political process and the justice investigative process of the Mueller report. And I believe that was definitely, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, that was impeachable. Now, with preponderance of the evidence, that's all I ask people to consider, preponderance of the evidence and should you hold the president to a higher standard. There was clearly a conflict of interest for him to have made the the statements that he did, to have asked for the things that he did. And if there was enough scuttlebutt going around with everybody who was surrounded and the secrecy, why in the world impede something that you did not do? If you actually didn't do something, why in the world stop the investigation? Say, come come into my house, look at everything that I've done. I have nothing to hide. That's what I would tell the FBI if they come investigating me for a fraud. Why didn't the president do that? That's what I would. That's what I would ask people to think about. Hey, and, and that's what we leave so people with. Thank about it, all that's three of you again do. for a
1: great discussion. We will see y'all next Saturday. Every t- every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. The Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think.